Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Tips in 10, where we give you the top tips in the least amount of time. This series was built to help you stay in the know without taking a chunk out of your schedule. Who doesn't want that? Today's guest is a national thought leader and CEO of Unmuted, Rachel Drunken Miller. Is your team struggling with engagement and energy? More importantly, are you struggling to keep them motivated. Good news, Rachel can help. Rachel is on a mission to humanize the workplace by igniting resilience, connection, engagement, and compassion in organizations, leaders, and teams. She is a catalyst for navigating change with greater confidence, unlocking the burning passion in people, and encouraging organizations to develop human-to-human connections so awesome to have you here, Rachel, to Tips in 10. Thanks, Mike. It's going to be jam-packed. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. We got 10 minutes. Let's rock it. Let's make it happen. Okay, so in 2017, you burned out You know, due to pushing yourself too hard for too long. I get that. What are some of the steps you took to recalibrate and reset yourself? So one of the things I did that was the hardest thing to do was to ask for help because when we're high achievers, right, and we expect a lot of ourselves, high bar for excellence, the expectation is I just need to be self-sufficient and I need to figure this out myself. And it's a sign of weakness or incompetence that I don't want anyone to see if I let people know that I'm struggling. And so I had to start asking for help. I remember I sent an email to my boss who was the CFO and I said, hey, I'm going to need to I'm going to need to shift the hours that I work so I can get more sleep. I had I got mono is what I was dealing with. I need an assistant. I need like, I just started asking for things that I should have asked for like three to four years earlier. So for me, one of the first things was, was asking for help, whether that's at home or at work and to just recognize that, you know, what worst case scenario, someone's going to say no, best case scenario is you end up in a better spot than you're in right now. So being willing to be vulnerable and open up with struggles and asking for help and sharing that. Um, Another thing that I did that was really helpful during that time was I let myself I let myself rest. It's so hard to do that. Like we, right when you're watching a show on TV, you're like, all right, I can squeeze in one more episode. <laughs> it's 1030, but the show might not be here tomorrow. And so then we stay up and then we, we push ourselves. So I got a device. I don't know if you've heard of these called a whoop band, which I'm is not like, familiar with that. that's cool. Oh, it's awesome. It's W H O O P. And I've had this now for three and a half years. And for somebody like me who has a tendency to just like override my internal <laughs> compass, telling me to slow the heck down and pay attention to my body. This thing gives me data um, and I've, I now have three and a half years of data and it'll tell me like, hey, this is a day your recovery is really low. You need to rest more or this is a day you've got more you got more, you know, juice in, in, the, in the tank. And so and, and so you can push yourself a little harder today. And so it, it kind of gives me some of that to go on. So I got this device. It's been super, super helpful. Um, I started to more intentionally connect with people. I was so obsessed with my work that I did not prioritize relationships. And mm. so I started to open up and reach out to people. And it might sound like a, like a duh that you would do that, but I was 32, 33 and very much disconnected relationally from people. So, you know, and then just getting honest with myself with how I got into that situation in the first place, which is that my worth was tied to how much I accomplished and I needed to find a way to like deal with the roots of that. So those are some things that I did. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I, I love what you said in terms of, hey, guess what? What's the worst thing they can say is no, but you're going to be in a better place. 
you know, because they will do something in order to, you know, make adjustments and whatnot. Because at the at the end of the day, too, they want you to be more productive. Right. right. Yeah. Benefits I mean, them to help you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So and, and it's, a, you know, I, I heard you say, like, you're not a fan of, of the phrase work life balance. And I'm dying to hear your answer. How might we reframe that for ourselves and why? Well, I think, I mean, especially in the past two years, right, Mike, like, like work-life balance, it's work and life are happening in the same space for many people. So the idea of I need to give 50%, I think the word imbalance implies that there's an equal split of the two, that I need to, I need to give half of myself to my work and I need to give half of myself to my life outside of my work. And if I can't do that, then somehow I'm just not cutting it. And I think that's caused a lot of people with all of this crossover and blending of our working lives and our lives outside of work, it's caused a lot of people to feel guilt and to feel shame and to feel inadequate. And so instead what I choose to do, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, like a day of the week is an opera, like there's not really Monday through Friday is sort of arbitrary. It's like things might need to happen on a Saturday morning or they might need to happen on a Sunday noon, Sunday afternoon, or maybe like a Tuesday you're taking off and doing whatever you want. So I look at more, a couple of different, phrases and I'm curious in the in the comments of what resonates with folks that are joining us either rhythm alignment integration or harmony so mm. thinking of it in terms of instead of a balance instead of striving for this balance how could I create a harmony how can I blend these things in a way that works for me it might not work for somebody else but how can I blend these things in a way that works for me and how can I make sure that I'm integrating these aspects of who I am so that I don't have a here's my work self and here's my non-work self because that's exhausting. And that's one of the reasons we burn out, by the way, speaking from experience <laughs> is trying to be two different people all the time, depending on who you're with. So that's what I think of when I, when I think of shifting the frame from work-life balance, which leads to guilt and shame for most people to saying, how can I create more alignment, rhythm, harmony, or integration? I love that. And what are some ways that people can set that up? Like what, what do they do? Do you have like a list? Do you, I mean, what are some of the ways that people can do that? Because, you know, it's one thing to say, it's like, how do we do it? Yeah. So one of the things I think having certain rituals in place, like the, I love the book Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've read James Clear, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. It's, it's a on great, my list. such a great book. Someone just shared that with me a couple months ago. So the thing I love about it is that it connects you instead of looking at like making a to-do list, which is so many, when we're trying to change something, a lot of times we're like, here's my goals, da -da 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 -da, the things I want to accomplish. But what we don't do is we don't do what's more fundamentally important, which is shift our identity. And so instead of saying, what do I want to get done? What kind of person do I want to be? So I want to be the kind of person who is fully present with my family when I'm with them. Okay, well, what would that person do at six o'clock at night when everyone's home and there's an opportunity to connect? That person would put their phone away. That person would shut their laptop. Mm. Um, if I'm saying, hey, the thing that matters to me is taking care of my health and well-being. Well, what would a healthy person do right now? Some of the things I've started to do, for instance, I have a, a Peloton and I, I'll get on like I've done, they've been doing their yoga classes recently. And so I'll say, well, what would someone who cares about their body do? They would take even 10 minutes at the start of the day to do a yoga class so that I feel more expanded and open and flexible mentally and physically to approach the day. So, you know, what would if somebody who maybe if creativity is a value of yours or curiosity is a value of yours, like what would someone who's curious do? What would someone who's creative do? So you start to shift instead of saying, what are the, how do I give myself more of an overwhelming to-do list, which is like, no, thank you, to what kind of person do I want to be? And what are some of the things that that person would do? And what is the easiest of those things I can do right now? So that's, that's how I would suggest approaching it. I like that. I like that a lot. And putting away the phone and the computer, 
It's got to be number one in everything. And that's the biggest challenge too. But if you can control that, that's going to be huge. It's going to have great results. So last question, what is one of the top ways women can advance their career and advocate for themselves? So I did this a lot. I worked in corporate for 13 years. And by the time I left, I was doing, you know, I was making six figures and, and uh, really made a name for myself as, as, as a young woman, you know, in, in, in that industry. And so three years as an entrepreneur later, I've looked back and said, what are the things that really helped? And one of the things, there's a group called Catalyst, and there was a study that they did, and they were looking at what are the things that contribute most to success for men and women at work. And one of the things they found that was distinctly true, especially for women that most women do not do, that will help to advance their career and, their, and improve their salary growth is to make their accomplishments known. Hmm. So like essentially tooting your own horn, the very thing that we're told like not to do from a young age, this is not like, don't be obnoxious about it. Like, don't be like telling everybody like, I'm the best, I'm awesome. You know, it's like the five-year-old who holds up the picture that wants everyone to like telling them their picture is pretty. That's, we, we, we don't lose that as adults, but so many people wait around for someone to notice like, oh, well, someone will just notice that I'm doing a good job. No, they won't. They're focused on their own stuff. And ideally, they, ideally they would pay attention to you. Ideally, they would call out the things that they're seeing. But a lot of people are so focused on their own stuff that they've got their blinders up and they're not seeing it. So doing something like, for instance, I had a kudos folder that I kept in my inbox, my Outlook. Every time I got an email from an internal or external client that was like a, a, a praiseworthy email or someone was commending me for something I had done or letting me know something they valued or appreciate, I dropped that, those emails into the kudos folder. And then if I got an email from a client that was like, ooh, this is money, like this email is saying awesome things and my boss did not get this email, I would forward it and say, hey, I know that it really is, is important to you that our clients are happy. Just wanted to make sure, just wanted to send this over so you could see a happy client. And, and then it's like you're putting it on what's important to them, which is they want our clients to be happy, but it's also by default going to highlight something that you did well. So not being afraid to make your accomplishments known is one of the most important things that women can do, especially to grow their careers. I love it. Out of sight, out of mind. That's just a reality of life and just stay in front. And like you said, don't toot your own horn. We're going to have a little fun right now. That was the juice. Now we're going to have a little fun. Speed <laughs> round, favorite vacation destination. Upstate New York, the Adirondack Mountains every year. Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme? Starbucks. I'm gluten-free for neither. Party <laughs> <laughs> bakery in Baltimore. <laughs> are you better? Are you a better driver or a backseat driver? Uh backseat driver. My husband's a better driver. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel, how how can our how can our listeners connect with you? Um, well, certainly here on LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. I just actually posted something today about five questions that you can ask yourself to get more clarity, questions that I've used to help myself kind of get to a place of greater success and confidence. So following me on LinkedIn, um, they can follow me on Instagram at Unmuted Life. And then check out my website, which is unmutedlife.com. I've got blog posts and podcast episodes and other things are about, up there about the work that I do as well. And then I'm also getting more newly integrated on YouTube and putting more of my stuff on that platform as well. And then I pretend to be on Facebook. So it's on there. The links, um, Cassie dropped the links in the comments if anyone wants to check that out. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on Tips in 10. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Check sure. it out, everybody. Go to unmuted.com. Take care. Mm -hmm.